Jesus predicted in Luke 21:11 that pestilences in various places would be a sign of his coming. Is today's pandemic related? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs here with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we're glad to join you today. The end times predictions of the Bible often discuss disease or pestilence, including a prophecy of the fourth horseman of the apocalypse who will kill one-fourth of all people with disease. With a global pandemic, many have questioned whether the COVID-19 virus may play a role in these and other end times predictions. To answer, we are joined today with prophecy expert Dr. Mark Hitchcock. He serves as pastor of Faith Bible Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, and is a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. He's the author of over 30 books on Bible prophecy, including his latest title, Corona Crisis, Plagues, Pandemics, and the Coming Apocalypse. Dr. Hitchcock, welcome back to A View from the Wall. Oh, thanks for having me again. Great to be with you guys. Well, as we start 2021, many people were glad to end the past year. 2020 was a difficult one, and people hoped that this year would be a fresh start. But we continue to face the COVID-19 virus, vaccinations, and much more. Let's start off by talking about how is any of this possibly related to the Bible's prophecies? Well, thank you for asking that. Yes, you know, uh, with the COVID-19, obviously, this you know plague now in America, you know, is uh, taking the lives of almost half a, half of a million people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's global, it's worldwide. And so you know, naturally people want to ask, you know, hey, how does that fit in with, with Luke 21? You know, where it says there'll be plagues and pestilence in the end. And also in Revelation 6, you know, mentions a, a fourth of the earth is going to die from the sword and from famine. And, you know, mentions the, the wild beasts of the earth there. And so um, people wonder about that. You know, my, my, my view is when you read in Luke 21 and you read in Revelation 6, those are plagues and pestilence that will occur during the tribulation period. Because if you, if you look at in, in Matthew uh, 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21 are all parallel accounts of the, the final great discourse, the Olivet Discourse, it's called, that Jesus gave, where he talked about the future and what was going to be in the end. Those are very similar in order to what you have in Revelation 6 with the four horsemen of the apocalypse, these first four of the seal judgments. And so since those two are very parallel to each other, wherever you put Revelation 6, you have to put uh, the, the sermon that Jesus gave from the Mount of Olives and vice versa. So I believe that these uh, plagues that are spoken of there are ones that will happen during the time of the tribulation period. And we're not in that time period yet. So I don't think coronavirus or COVID is one of those. But what I do think we see is we see a foreshadowing of what's going to happen. But I think there's also a lot of stage setting that this is doing because, you know, we've got all this track and trace technology now. Uh, right. There's all kinds of restrictions that are being placed on people's lives. Um, you know, so all this, all this stuff, I think, that's kind of happening in the wake of or kind of along with COVID. While COVID itself is not a fulfillment of those prophecies, it's just a foreshadow of them. A lot of the things going on around it, um, you know, government's going into massive debt. You know, there's been $20 trillion of a stimulus worldwide poured into to, uh, economies. In, in America, if this, you know, package that's out there now is, is approved, it's going to be $6 trillion. 
So countries going into just, you know, massive debt, which could trigger inflation or hyperinflation in the future. So there's all kinds of things that are happening that I think are stage setting or paving the way for the rise of a global ruler. And you look at our world today, people want somebody who's got a plan, you know, knows how to come in and take care of these problems. And, right, you know, and we see all of this is being used today as a pretext to gain more power. Uh, by governments and, and to, uh, you know, get the citizenry to do the things they want them to do. So it's kind of a, this is kind of a uh, dress rehearsal in some ways, I think, for what the Bible says is coming with an ultimate mm-hmm. final world ruler, the Antichrist. Um, I, I see that happening. And I think a lot of people do, um, you know, with, with all the uh, greater government control that's taking place, that's setting the stage for that perfectly. You pointed out the um, list of things that are going to be last day's precursors, and one of them is the way that the world will view truth and lies. Um, I noticed this week that uh, the Biden administration, using the New York Times, floated the idea of a reality czar. Uh, This would be somebody who presumably would have the power to decide what's true and what's not, basically setting up a ministry of truth that reminds me of the propaganda ministry back under Hitler. But uh, yeah, what could possibly go wrong with that scenario, right? Let's put somebody in the government in charge of deciding what's true and what's disinformation. That sounds like what you were describing with the world being programmed for a false prophet and an antichrist. No, that's true. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, and back in George Orwell in, in 1984, I think there was something called the Ministry of Truth there. Maybe I don't have to go back and read that again. But so it, it truly is Orwellian. <laughs> you know, people use that term. Um, yeah, you know, they, well, that, that's fraught with so many problems. You know, first of all, just history. You know, people go back and read history. But, you know, history, as it's taught, is not always just the facts. It's someone's interpretation of what happened. Um, the same thing is true of things that are happening presently. Um, you know, people see things differently. So, well, this is the true way to take this. Um, you know, we can all agree on facts. Um, you know, like the, you know, what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. I mean, we know the date that it happened, and we know basically what happened. But people's interpretation of that, or, you know, we know we had an election, you know, in 2020 in November. Um, you know, you can set the dates for all those things. There are certain historical facts everybody agrees on. But, you know, what happened during that election? You know, were there things that were untoward that were going on? You know, if you just come in and say, hey, you know, nothing untoward happened, you can't say that anymore. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a, a frightening thought just, you know, from a, a standpoint of our Constitution and what we have here in America with the First Amendment. But biblically, you're right. It's uh, That's exactly what the false prophet will do. There's the Antichrist who's going to be this world political uh, ruler, but then he has this, this henchman, this lieutenant, in Revelation 13, who's called the false prophet? He's the beast out of the out of the uh, from from the earth, and he's going to be the one who's going to promote that antichrist or that first beast and do everything he can. Like you said, it's kind of a propaganda minister for him, and that's exactly the kind of thing that we we see. And it, you know, that that's what totalitarian regimes do, and uh, you know, it's never been part of what's happened here in America. We want robust debate, and a part of robust debate is people are going to say things that are false. Uh, but, you know, we would agree that there's there's all kinds of things being said that are false all the time. <laughs> you know, right. so it's, it's who's, uh, you know, it's whose vision and whose view of truth um, you know, is going to be put upon people. And uh, now it's a frightening thought either way. I don't want somebody who's a you know conservative or a conservative person deciding what truth is or a very liberal person that needs to be filtered out and sifted out in the marketplace of ideas as people bring their uh, their ideas uh, to, to the table. Yeah, you know, that's where our country's always worked. 
Well, that's a good way to put it. And we enjoy as Americans this concept of free speech, but it's increasingly under attack. And that's another issue when we look at the end times that is very important today when we look at people who can control access to information like never before. We're going to take a break and when we come back, we'll talk more about this and other issues here on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Do you know the story of the prophet Amos? He lived a humble life, was from a rather obscure place, worked as a shepherd and itinerant farmer, a tender of sycamore trees. He was not a priest, not of a noble line, and not educated, but God loved him and called him to a mighty work. Amos was a prophet, and he warned the people that God was not pleased with how they were living. He told the people that God had established a, quote, plumb line, expectations that he wanted his people to follow. And Amos told them that judgment was coming and all needed to be ready. I believe if Amos lived today, his message would be the same. Visit IamAWatchman.com for resources to help you be God's voice in such a time as this. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. IamAWatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As Joe and I talk with Dr. Mark Hitchcock, author of Corona Crisis and many best-selling prophecy books, we want to discuss how some of the increased global controls in our society seem to point toward the predictions found in the Bible. A good example is what we're seeing today with the growing global power of our time, including the future global cashless society and its possible connection to prophecy. What concerns do you see in this area of this cashless society? Well, you know, when you think about, you know, there not being any money or being any cash that, that's uh, available, um, there, there's a lot of positives to that. You know, a lot of people look at it and say it's going to get rid of counterfeiting, you know, drug trade, sure. um, all the disease that comes from people handling money or with COVID, you know, it's all these kinds of things. So there's all kinds of practical reasons I think we'll be get that will be given to go cashless. Now, one of the desires of, um, you know, Klaus Schwab and, and uh, you know, the Davos Group, you know, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. Uh, that they're talking. That's one of the goals they have is, is a cashless society. And of course, one of the reasons for that is, again, you can get rid of everything happening on the black market. Um, you can get taxes. You know, people can't evade taxes and you can control um, people's uh, spending much more easily. There can't, there can be no black market. You're going to know everything everybody's doing if it's cashless. And I really think that's what the Bible predicts. The Bible never says there'll be a cashless society, but really the biblical entry point to think about that is in Revelation 13, 16 to 18, which says that this coming world ruler, the Antichrist, we mentioned earlier, his henchman, the false prophet, uh, they're going to control the world economy. No one's going to be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast upon the right hand or upon their forehead. Now, for that to take place, for there to be this global control of the economy, many people believe, and I would be among those, that it's going to have to be cashless. Because again, if you have money and have cash, you can always go around the system, you know, to some kind of black market and, and all of that. Now, you know, people can barter things for a while, but before long, you run out of things to barter. Right. And uh, people are going to have to be in this system that's cashless. And, um, 
you know, that's just another way to uh, secure control over people's lives. People will have to use, you know, their smartphone or some kind of, you know, uh, identification with their thumb or their iris and their eye or whatever it is to, uh, you know, to identify that they're the person who's using the smartphone or whatever. But all of this is going to be, it's all going to be online. It's all going to be done through, uh, you know, all this uh, technology. And so they'll be able to control it all. And uh, that's the ultimate goal in all this is to control the economy, to control world commerce. And that's exactly what the Bible says is going to happen in the future. So we see it coming. Um, you know, I think down in, uh, you know, Venezuela, you know, they're trying to, to eliminate cash in that country. Of course, they're having a terrible economic crisis. So you got all these cyber currencies and all these various things that are out there now that, you know, uh, even Warren Buffett says he doesn't understand, you know, the <laughs> Bitcoin and all that. So he doesn't understand it. I certainly don't. But right. but that's where everything is headed. And uh, that's the desire. That's the goal of, of, of these global elites. And uh, we can expect to see that, I think, happening, probably accelerating greatly in, in the, the days and years to come. Sure. Let's talk about how that affects the church. We've enjoyed over the last few years of the Trump administration where largely our values as a church and as Christians aligned with what was coming out of Washington on many occasions. But we don't necessarily anticipate that being the case going forward, at least for the next few years. So talk about how things have changed in this country, specifically how it's affected the church and what we can expect as Christians as our faith comes under attack here in America. Yeah, I think there's a few things we need to keep in mind. You know, I'm, I uh, teach at Dallas Seminary, but I'm also a pastor of a church. I've been here to- 29 years at our church and seen a lot of things happen during that period of time. One thing I do think we need to do as believers, you know, we need we need to re- remain positive and joyful. Well, I, th- I think I've seen a lot of Christians in the last, you know, months kind of moping around and sad and, you know, just kind of gloomy. And, um, you know, God's still on the throne. You know, heaven has an occupied throne. We have to remember that. You know, John was caught up to heaven. The first thing he saw is he says, I saw one seated on a throne. And I think we have to remember that, you know, presidents come and go, you know, they serve four years, eight years, but, but God reigns forever. And uh, first of all, I think we need to keep that perspective, um, yes. whatever happens here on this earth. Um, I, I do think that um, the government, though, has been coming after Christians, will continue to. I think what we see in our culture today would be kind of akin to what you have in the book of First Peter. Um, Christians, they aren't being martyred. They're not being uh, you know killed. They're not being beaten for their faith, at least in America. But it's kind of what I call a soft persecution. You know, we're marginalized, uh, we're mocked, maligned, um, you know, kind of made fun of, considered to be uh, not very smart for what we believe. And I think what they're going to do initially is they're going to come after tax-exempt status. Um, I think that will be a, a way that they're going to try to use to silence people and say, if you hold these certain views, you, know, you no longer get tax-exempt status, which is going to obviously hurt ministries greatly financially. So I think that's one of the initial things that they'll do. Um, then I think they're going to begin to, uh, you know, look at people who hold certain viewpoints and, you know, deny people employment, um, deny them jobs in certain places. Certainly the government, you know, we'll we'll try to do that. I think they're already right now, um, from what I understand, in our our defense department, they're going to be, they're looking at people, you know, who are in the National Guard and these groups. What, What are their political beliefs? Well, you know. If someone's a, 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 a you know shown to be a traitor to the United States, certainly we don't want them in, in serving in the military. But if someone just voted for a certain political candidate or has certain political beliefs, 
Um, you know, that person can no longer serve in the military or in the National Guard. This is the kind of thing. There's, it's kind of a purge, you know, that, that's taking place. They're trying to purge people out who don't right. hold those beliefs. And the more that happens, the more people that are Christians and do hold to a biblical worldview, the more that they're marginalized, the more the culture will begin to, to look down on them. And then that will lead ultimately, I think, to, you know, soft persecution we see kind of now leading to, you know, a, a full-blown uh, persecution that will take place, you know, those who don't fall in line and, and uh, agree with, you know, with the powers that be. And we see that already with, you know, transgender and with gay marriage and with a lot of these issues. And, you know, if you don't fall in line with those things, I mean, you're, you're a pariah. And right. uh, so I, you know, that's where, that's where it's headed, which ultimately then you get into, again, the tribulation period in the Antichrist. You don't take his mark or take his name upon your right hand or forehead. You're killed. You're beheaded. So that's where it's ultimately headed. Now, how far it will get before the rapture comes and we get to that full-blown stage, you know, I, I don't know. No one does. But that's the direction that it's headed. And we can see it clearly today. You know, America is kind of the last bastion of security and, and freedom in the world today. And we see that quickly eroding. Right. Well, you see that in countries elsewhere already where there are hate crime laws, hate speech laws. So if you say the wrong thing, you can be legally subject to fines or even to imprisonment if you don't agree uh, with the mainstream thoughts or the global thought of the time. And even big tech censorship in our own country is going that direction right now. So it seems to be a big topic at the moment, one we have to watch out for. When we come back, we'll talk more about this and other issues with Dr. Mark Hitchcock here on A View from the Wall. So stick with us. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming Rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As we continue our discussion with Dr. Mark Hitchcock today, we want to briefly mention his book, that is out, The Corona Crisis. You can pick up a copy from anywhere books are sold or also pick up a copy at IamAWatchman.com through our bookstore. And we encourage you to check that out and our other resources at IamAWatchman.com. And in this segment, we want to spend some time talking about the place that's the centerpiece of Bible prophecy, the nation of Israel. It's such an important part of the future plans of the end times, yet this new administration seems to be changing its emphasis regarding relations with this important nation. What are some of the ways Israel is especially important in Bible prophecy that we need to know about today? Well, Israel is the super sign of Bible prophecy. Um, many people have said that. It's not original with me, but that's really true. They are they're the super sign because so many other prophecies in the Bible 
are dependent upon Israel being a nation. For instance, the, the event that starts the seven-year tribulation period, that final uh, period of this age, begins in Daniel 9.27 with a future Antichrist making a treaty, a seven-year treaty with the nation of Israel. Well, obviously, you can't make that treaty if Israel doesn't exist. So Israel has to exist for that treaty to be made. Now, what's fascinating is that treaty appears to be some kind of a peace treaty, yes. some kind of a peace agreement. And you know, we look at our world today, and all of a sudden, all these nations are lining up to have some type of treaty, peace treaties, or you can call it a normalization of relations or whatever. But you know that hadn't happened in 25 years. You had uh, Egypt back in 1979 that did that, Jordan in 1994. Then it was 25, it's been 25 years. And all of a sudden, we've had the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, uh, we've had the Sudan, uh, Morocco just uh, did did that recently. And they say that there are many other nations, you know, that are lined up. And that's one of the things that many of us are hoping that the Biden administration doesn't mess up. You know, it's this, right. you know, continuation of these things. Now, again, these are not the fulfillment of Daniel 927. They're called the Abraham Accords, by the way, which is a fascinating, um, you know, uh, term for this. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But these aren't that priest treaty because um, the Antichrist hasn't come yet and, and we're not in the tribulation period. But, the, again, all these things we're seeing, I know I use this term quite a bit, but it's the setup. This is the stage setting. It's the foreshadowing of that. Uh, that's coming, and the Antichrist is going to come, and you know, he may make make a treaty, or it may even that that word can also imply he may enforce a treaty. You know, that's already in Correct. effect. So, these are the things we see that are happening that are so significant. And you know, Israel's going to get attacked in the end times uh, at the, at the, while that peace treaty is in effect, while they're kind of let their guard down, and that it's that invasion is recounted in Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine. And the nations that are mentioned there are the, the main enemies of Israel today. Russia is mentioned, but primarily Iran, um, ancient Persia. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm concerned that the Biden administration is going to, you know, do what happened during the Obama administration, kind of go soft on Iran again and allow them to, um, you know, gain access to, to nuclear weapons and cross that nuclear finish line. So, Again, you just got to look at our world today. You look at Israel. There they are surrounded by this sea of enemies. All of a sudden, there's some kind of some peace going on. But, the, but the, the nations that are said to be their enemies in the end, Russia, Iran, some of these other nations, are really in place um, for uh, what the Bible predicts for the end times. So Israel's the, the key player. Uh, they're the key place in the world to watch. Uh, Israel has been called you know, God's timepiece or God's prophetic clock. And uh, just the fact that they're back there in the land today, almost 40% of the Jews in the world today live in Israel. And uh, all these other things that are happening, are they're, it's, they're, they're very significant. And that's happening the same time we're seeing all these other things happening. So it, it's a, there's a real, there's a convergence of, of things happening in our world, unlike any time in history, and an acceleration of those things. Well, we like to address the audience, our friends who call themselves watchmen and women, and those who look at the end times and interpret daily events in light of Bible prophecy. They watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well in these last days. So we like to give some specific application of the topic. Talk to them, Dr. Hitchcock, and what is the word for our watchmen? Well, you know, Jesus said, uh, you know, occupy until I come, you know, do business until I come back. 
Um, we need to have a sense of urgency, I think, about our lives today. We don't want to be people who are always sensationalizing everything. We, we don't want a sense of panic. Um, you know, God is in control. I reminded us of that earlier. There's never any panic in heaven. You know, someone said years ago, you know, the, the Trinity never meets an emergency session. You know, uh, God's never, uh, you know, startled by things that are happening. We have to remember that. Um, so we don't want panic, but we do need a sense of urgency, I think, in our lives today with what we see taking place. And rather than being fearful about what's happening as much, being anxious about what's happening and those kinds of things, we need to be active. Uh, we need to be be in our local church. I think a lot of people, you know, through COVID and all, a lot of people aren't are, are have, have not tied into their church like they should be, and they're being there and being with God's people, um, sharing the good news of the gospel with those around us um, that, that desperately need the message of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, doing the things that we can do with through our families and our communities, and you know. In, in some ways, I look at the times we're in now, and people are, you know, what do we do in these times in which we do? We really should be doing the basic main things we always do, you know, as God's people. Um, I think we do them now maybe with an increased sense of urgency. But, um, you know, that's what I do every day. I get up every day. I pray. I ask God to use me um, to take my life and, you know, navigate my life to where I'll come in contact with the people the Lord wants me to come into contact with. But I think, you know, rather than maybe when we meet people, you know, just overwhelming them with a bunch of information about all these things that are happening in the world, people are looking at us and looking at our lives, and they're going to see within us a sense of peace, a sense of calm, and what's taking place, and that we have a purpose, and we know what our destiny is in this world. And I think that will go a long way today in our society, in our country, in our communities, our families, our churches. Um, to us being a witness uh, for Christ and, and being about his business that he's called us to be about. So, you know, I don't have any, you know, special, you know, secret sauce or uh, silver bullet or something like that for what people should do. But it's just, it's to get up every day to be filled with the word of God, be filled with the spirit of God and go out each day as an ambassador for Jesus Christ you know, in these times in which we live. And I think if we do that, we'll be faithful to the calling that Jesus has given to us. Well, those are some great applications. And again, Dr. Hitchcock, we thank you for being with us. We encourage people to check out MarkLHitchcock.com. And again, check us out at IamAWatchman.com. We want to thank you for listening today and join us for more episodes at IamAWatchman.com or anywhere you pick up your podcast. And join us next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.